we've had uh, major recessions in fact six in the last 90 years but the gdp turned negative so instead of growing uh, the economy would lose there, there have also been minor recessions minor recessions are ones in which the gdp growth is lower still on the positive side but it's lower we've had a few in the last 15 years but after the 1980 oil crisis covid 19 has been the next major recession in the one to two years that follow every recession economies have grown at historic rates they've had really high peaks companies and businesses grew like never before a crisis teaches us many things and forces us to do things differently we innovate, we optimize, we go back to basic core principles. From the 1945 World War II, Ford and General Motors created iconic models and then went on to become global car companies. After the 1972-73 energy crisis, companies like Microsoft and Apple were founded and they grew exponentially. After the 1979-80 oil crisis, Japanese companies like Toyota and Honda, which made fuel-efficient cars, stormed the global market. It's only by God's grace that you and I have survived the corona crisis. If analysts are right, Q2 and Q3 of 2021 is going to be a historically high year for our economy, our businesses. As we enter the season, as God raises us up, it is important that we do business God's way. It's important that we parent our children God's way. It's important that we partner our spouses God's way and build godly homes and communities God's way. And so today I would like to talk to you about two sins we must avoid, especially as God raises us up, the sin of pride and the sin of greed. These are sins that I struggle with, so I'm not talking to you from an ivory tower, not from a pedestal. This message is much for me as it is to you. So we will read uh, from 2 Kings 5. I would uh, uh, play 2 Kings 5 for you. I would request you to please turn your Bibles with me to 2 Kings 5. We will be listening to this passage. Please read along. Pay careful attention. I love the Holy Spirit to minister to you as the passage is read. Please write down. And later, as I speak after the reading, please follow with your Bible. This chapter talks about two people, Naaman and Gehazi, who we'll be focusing on. Naaman's pride and Gehazi's greed. Please listen on. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper, and the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master. Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel, 
Then the king of Syria said, Go now, a letter to the king of Israel. Departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, the letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened, when the king of Israel read the letter, that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive, that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider, see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was, when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him. Go, and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away. Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me, and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, and wave his hand over the place, and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and the Farpar the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him. My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, Wash and be clean. So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored, like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, and came and stood before him. Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now therefore, please take a gift from your servant. As the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Then, if not, please let your servant be given two mule loads of earth, for your servant will no longer offer either burnt offering or sacrifice to other gods but to the Lord. In this thing, may the Lord pardon your servant. When my master goes into the temple of Rimmon to worship there, he leans on my hand. When I bow down in the temple of Rimmon, may the Lord please pardon your servant in this thing. Go in peace. So he departed from him a short distance. But Gehazi, Elisha, the man of God, said, Look, my master has spared Naaman, Syrian, while not receiving from his hands what he brought. But as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. So Gehazi pursued Naaman. 
when Naaman saw him running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him. Is all well? All is well. My master has sent me, saying, Indeed, just now the two young men of the sons of the prophets have come to me from the mountains of Ephraim. Please, give them a talent of silver and two changes of garments. Please, take two talents. And he urged him, and bound two talents of silver in two bags, with two changes of garments, and handed them to two of his servants. And they carried them on ahead of him. When he came to the citadel, he took them from their hand, and stored them away in the house. Then he let the men go, and they departed. Now he went in, and stood before his master. Elisha said to him, Your servant did not go anywhere. Did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from the chariot? Time to receive money, receive clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants. For the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence leprous, as white as snow. This chapter, 2 Kings 5, starts describing the character of Naaman. He was the commander of the Syrian army. Now, Syria was a perpetual enemy of Israel and Judah. Naaman was a great and honorable man. God had given victory to Syria through him. You see, God even uses non-Christians. He used Pharaoh, Nebuchadnezzar, Cyrus, Alexander the Great, even for victories against Israel. He was titled a man of valor. If you see scripture, David is called a man of valor. Mighty kings, the good kings were called men of valor. But this title is given to this Gentile. All these were his qualities and accomplishments, but he was a leper. I wouldn't equate leprosy with sin. However, leprosy is like sin. It spreads and grows if left untreated. It is bad for us. Life is miserable. Only God can cure a helper, just like only Christ can save a sinner. Naaman was a leper. I am a sinner, you are a sinner. It is our nature. Naaman was powerful. During one of his raids of Israel, he captured a girl, a servant for his wife. An unnamed, unknown girl, but a great woman of God like Esther, like Ruth, who would be celebrated in heaven. Her attitude must have been like Joseph, a cheerful slave, but taking every opportunity to point her master to God. She tells Naaman's wife, more like a sigh. If only my master were with a prophet in Samaria, he would have healed him of his leprosy. You know, this leprosy really bothered Naaman. He would listen to a little refugee servant girl and go at any length to get it cured. So he approaches his king. The king of Syria sends a letter along with Naaman, who's loaded with expensive gifts and he goes to the king of Israel. I have sent Naaman 
so that you may heal him of his leprosy, the letter read. What an opportunity for the king of Israel to testify about God's goodness and direct him to Jehovah Rapha. Alas, King Joram, king of Israel, king of God's chosen people, supposed to be the mediator between his people and God, trembled and sorrowed in fear of the Syrians. Had he been a good man, he would have pointed Naaman to God, or at least to God's prophet Elisha. How many opportunities you and I miss to testify and point people to God? Elisha sent word to the king to send Naaman to him. If not you or I, God will use another person to minister to the lost. However, we will be questioned about our missed opportunities when we go to heaven. Naaman eventually reaches Elisha's house with his horses and chariots, his entourage of servants and his plethora of gifts, 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, 10 changes of clothing. He had traveled more than 270 kilometers. I assume it would have taken him one week to travel, crossing the river Jordan, through the wilderness, bearing the heat of the day, the cold of the night, with the letter from his king, he is now at Elisha's. Mount Carmel to Egypt is 840 kilometers. So this journey was almost one third of the distance between Egypt and Israel. He was pretty serious about this journey and he had arrived. Elisha just sends his servant to the door with a message, go and wash yourself in the river Jordan seven times. Elisha does not go and meet Naaman. He just sends his servant to the door with a message, go and wash yourself in the river Jordan seven times. Imagine what Naaman felt. He became furious because of his pride. Overcome with rage, he loses his ability to make a wise decision and turns to leave with his leprosy. Having come all this way, He's prepared to leave with his leprosy because of his pride. You know, stop for a moment and see what pride does. This progression of pride to anger and anger to foolishness. Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. God has placed you and I in positions of leadership to make wise decisions. And that is only possible if we are humble. Wow. Humility helps us make wise decisions. You know, God's nature is to love. However, since he is just, he also hates certain things. If we love one, we hate the opposite, right? A proud look is one of the seven sins God hates and is an abomination to God. God hates a proud look just as much as he hates murder. Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. It was the pride of Satan that brought him down. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. James 4.6 tells us, God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. When we are proud, 
remember we are directly fighting god man's pride runs counter to god's plan if we are to run our race of life in one direction pride will take us exactly in the opposite direction god was wanting to heal naaman and naaman was ready to go back without the healing i imagine that naaman expected a red carpet to be rolled out to him the bible says he expected elisha to meet him call on god strike his hand over the place and he would recover naaman expected a religious procedure and once done he would make a handsome payment and be on his way he had crossed the muddy rivers of jordan when he traveled from syria jordan was not a river it was a dirty little stream and not like the mighty and clean rivers of lebanon the abana and the farfar i've seen the jordan myself brown and dirty much like the cross yes the cross a place of shame who would want to go there thank god that name and listen to his servants if he had told you to do a great thing you would have attempted it right anyway jordan is on our way back no harm just dipping in it seven times easy you know jesus has done the greatest thing there is nothing you and i are capable of doing that is great in the eyes of god absolutely nothing all we have to do is humble ourselves and receive jesus not proud but just as i am without one plea oh lamb of god i come as easy as that god wants to address our pride before he addresses our sin Naaman dipped himself seven times in the Jordan and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a child would he have even imagined that soft skin god did more than naaman expected we see a new naaman with a spirit of gratitude and humility he travels 50 kilometers back to meet elisha and calls himself a servant of his verse 15 he says accept a gift from your servant elisha refuses to accept the gifts the pagan gods could be bought our god only wants our hearts and a living relationship with him naaman vows to worship and offer sacrifices to god only now the king of syria was old and naaman assisted him while he walked and helped him as he bent down when he worshiped his god rimen naaman made it crystal clear that he did not worship rimen even when he accidentally bent while helping the aged king it is the heart that matters elisha knows and says go in peace we will now look at the second character in detail verses 20 to 27 gehazi he was a prophet under elisha like elisha was to elijah he was probably trained to be the next one after elisha elisha had a training school where he trained sons of prophets and gehazi may have even been the dean or the headmaster of that school gehazi was a servant of a man of god he witnessed all the miracles and life of his master 
However, he did not operate faith in his life. In 2 Kings chapter 4, we read the story about the Shunammite woman who offers a part of her house for Elisha to reside in. Eventually, she is blessed with a son and Elisha is away. And during that time, the Shunammite woman's son dies. The Shunammite woman rushes to Elisha, putting her child on Elisha's bed. And Elisha asks Gehazi to go ahead and lay his staff on the face of the child. Because Elisha was older and Gehazi was young, he wanted him to go ahead. Gehazi does as he is told, but because of faith not in operation, the child was not healed. Eventually, Elisha comes, prays, and brings the boy to life. Faith in God was not operational in Gehazi's life. In fact, he, he was a leper, not leper physically, but he had the leprosy of the soul, greed. Gehazi saw all the gifts that Naaman brought and his mind started imagining what he could do with it. He says in verse 20, As the Lord lives, I will run after Naaman and take something from him. As the Lord lives, he says, just using religious jargon does not change man's plan to God's plan. In verse 16, Elisha said the exact opposite. As the Lord lives, I will receive nothing. Do we make statements contrary to God's will? Contrary to God's will for our lives? And we sugarcoat it by saying it is God's will? Gehazi rushes to Naaman and asks for a talent and two garments for two sons of prophets who had come to train under Elisha. A lie. He couldn't possibly say Elisha wanted it, or he couldn't say that he wanted it himself. Now, a talent is a lot of money. A talent is 34 kgs. 34 kgs of silver today is worth rupees 23 lakhs. Naaman offers him two talents. Do the math, rupees 46 lakhs, two garments, and two servants to carry it back for him. When Gehazi reaches his city, he takes the talents from the servants, goes up to his house, hides it, and runs to Elisha. And even to Elisha, he lies to him about his whereabouts. You see, greed leads to deception, lying, and shortcuts. Greed is an intense and selfish desire for something. Most people cover up sin in a web of lies. In James 1.15, we read this. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Is there a business deal which you got out of greed? By lying? By cheating? God is not in it. Is there a selfish desire for a fancy car, an expensive house, to hoard up wealth for ourselves? Gehazi desired olive groves, vineyards, sheep, servants. God is not in it. I'm not saying we should not be ambitious or desirous of great things for our businesses, our families. God definitely does not want us to be complacent and lazy. In fact, we have to provide an account to God for our talents. 
whatever he has, he has given, 5, 2, or 1, he expects that we multiply it. God wants us to desire things that are holy, things that would bring glory to God. God's standard is excellence in our business. I love this verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, which says, whatever you do, do as doing to the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it with excellence as doing to the glory of God. We need to have that desire, but when that desire is channeled to me instead of my creator God, when I supersede, supersedes a great God, the I am, that is when we are in trouble. Elisha tells Gehazi, didn't my heart go with you when Naaman turned to meet you? God had put it in Elisha's heart. God knows it all. All our sins lie bare before him, and he can bring it out in the open whenever he wants to. Elisha in sadness commands the leprosy of Naaman to cling to Gehazi and his descendants. Deep in sin, Gehazi leaves with leprosy, not only on him, but on his family members as well. Remember, our sin affects our families, it affects people around us. If we do things online, which requires us to delete history, it is affecting and hurting those around us. The greedy decisions we take in our businesses, it affects our employees. We want sin's pleasures, we have to face the consequences. If you are currently in the season of correction and discipline, like Gehazi was at the end of this chapter, rejoice, rejoice. For Hebrews 12.6 says, the Lord disciplines the one he loves. You are being disciplined because God loves you. Remember that. However, God also gives us solutions in his word. We can overcome greed with faith in God. 1 Timothy 6.10 says this, For the love of money, and obviously all the pleasures money can buy, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Just like how pride takes us away from God, greed makes us stray away from God. Ultimately, it will lead to a life of many sorrows. Think of David after his incestuous relationship with Bathsheba. His children grew up to murder them, themselves, and one son is after David's own life. And this story of Gehazi when he becomes leprous. Pride can be overcome by a humble spirit. Faith in God is the medicine to treat greed. But thank God for his grace. It was interesting in 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 5, we read that Gehazi is back. He's ministering and talking about the miracles of Elisha to the king of Israel. In Leviticus 13, we read about this provision for a leprous person. Leviticus 13, verses 38 and 39. A person whose body is covered with bright spots that are white in color is ceremonially clean. Apparently at this stage, the disease is superficial. 
you see that the end of this chapter, chapter 5, it says that Gehazi went out from his presence, leprous as white as snow. So God was not finished with Gehazi. God is not finished with Ajay. God is not finished with you. I don't know which place you are at in your life and walk with God. Are you like Naaman and you want to dedicate your life to Jesus for the first time today? Or have you accomplished much and is pride keeping you away from God? Paul, an accomplished Jewish scholar and leader, after his encounter with Christ said this, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Or are you like Gehazi? Are selfish desires causing you to sin? Or are you in this season where God is correcting you and disciplining you? Remember, he loves you. Whatever it is, I would invite you to make it right with God today. You can make it right with God now. If we don't act on it today, what is the guarantee we will tomorrow? Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the word that we received today, Father. Father, if there's anybody here who hasn't yet received you as his or her Lord and personal Savior, Lord, I pray that at this moment that person would receive you into his or her life. All you need to do is repent, believe in the Lord Jesus and what he did for you and receive him into your life. Won't you do that now? Have you accomplished much? Is pride tormenting you? Remember, you have been raised to where you are, just like how David was raised to be a king when he was just a little shepherd. Remember that we need to be humble and we need to count everything as loss. There's nothing like knowing Christ. Can we put pride away and come to his throne of grace? Are you like Gehazi with selfish desires and sin overcoming you and tormenting you? God is a God of deliverance. He wants to heal you right now. All you need to do is increase your faith in God. Can we practice more faith in our lives? Are you in a season when God is correcting you, disciplining you? Remember, he loves you. The psalmist says, When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You may have been through mountains, but you're currently going through a valley. Remember, God is there gently comforting you. And the Lord was just there to correct you, to discipline you, all because he loves you. Thank you, Lord, once again for this word that we received today. We pray that we live changed lives from today. We pray in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.